0: Welcome to Just Being, the podcast on learning to just be your most authentic self while caring for these minds and bodies we call home.
1: Hello beautiful beings and
0: thank you for joining us for our 10th episode of Just Being. I'm Nikki and I'm Kirsty. And today we want to talk to you about the impacts of living in this pressurised fast-paced society which values constant achievements over rest and share a few tips on how to deal with and hopefully even start to avoid that feeling of continual stress
1: there is always so much pressure these days to do better and better and better I think from such a young age, many of us here get a good education, get a degree, get married, have kids, do well in your career, get a promotion, now another promotion. And on top of that, there's this pressure to also have more and more and more. A faster car, bigger house, newer clothes, fancier holidays. And it can really feel relentless and actually very exhausting.
0: This just makes me think of the film Fight Club, where Tyler Durden says, you are not your job. You're not how much money you have in the bank, you are not the car you drive, and you're not the contents of your wallet. I remember the first time I watched that film as a young teenager, and that line really spoke to a deeper part of me. While it can be nice, these things, you don't need them, and a lot of the best things in life are free. That's such a
1: good quote, and now you've said it, I actually remember picking up on that too when I watched it. It's just so true. Our possessions don't shape who we are or add to our value, so why do we kill ourselves working to get them?
0: Exactly. A friend once described me in the past as being very good at being, but not so good at doing. This was after I had spent about half an hour staring outside the window, watching the birds and the world go by. Them saying that made me realise that while this default setting that comes easily to me is not the norm in this fast-paced society that we live in, Our natural state is to just be, but not enough focus is put on being content in the moment and taking joy in the simple things. It goes against what we've been programmed to do, which is to be constantly busy, rushing around, working and striving for something more, something other than what we have or where we are at. Motivational speaker and author Wayne Dyer put it well when he said, I am a human being, not a human doing. Don't equate your self-worth, With how well you do things in life you aren't what you do if you are what you do then when you don't you aren't thankfully more people are now becoming aware of and experiencing the value that comes with reconnecting with their natural state of just being i
1: love that and um i'm not that friend that described you that way but i would vouch (laughs) that you are very good at just being and something that we can we can all aspire to do more of (laughs) i think the pandemic was was awful, obviously, and had so many impacts on billions of lives. but there are always silver lining for things if you look for them. And it did give us an opportunity to slow down. And while so many of us were trapped in our houses, we had to stop working on some of our goals, or at least make them simpler or fewer of them. Better self-care, more time with family, less rushing around and multitasking to get everything done and get to all the places we needed to go to. We need to try and hold on to that pace somehow and remind ourselves what it was that we missed the most when we were forced to slow down and stay inside away from loved ones, but also some of the pressures of the outside world. Know Your Priorities It is okay to focus on the future, but prioritise. Listen to the goal setting episode for more tips around this. But it's about focusing on what really brings passion to your life, not just what people are telling you you should want for yourself, and ideally also find ways to value rest and stillness as much as progress. I've mentioned them before but I would really recommend Fern Cotton's books here. Happy, calm and quiet. They totally opened my eyes and made me reassess the things I give value and importance to in life. And they have some great tips for sidestepping out of the constant rat race that is a lot of people's lives these days.
0: That's the thing. I think society looks at it as there's a one size fits all approach to how you should live your life and lead a fulfilling and happy life. But what you want changes as you get older. So when I was 16, I assumed I wanted what everyone else wants or most people at that age. Kids, marriage, a house. But the older I get, the more I realise I'm not sure if this is what I want and I've realised that there is more than one way to live your life and this cookie-cutter version might not be for everyone. I also remember being in assembly when I was 15 and our head of year was preaching at us about how if we didn't all do really well in our GCSEs so that we could get into college and then eventually go to university, our whole lives would be ruined forever and we would never make anything of ourselves, no exceptions. I remember chuckling to myself as she spoke and thinking how ridiculous this fear-mongering was I thought to myself, my life is not going to be over just because I don't do well in a memory test that is mostly about useless information that I'll probably never use again. Just so that I can commit to three years of my life getting into debt over a subject at uni that I have no idea if I really want to do right now or have a career in.
1: Just to clarify, we're not saying that education or degrees isn't the right way to go in life. It's just that it's not the only way to go. And I know when I was growing up, there was never any conversations about other options. I went to a private school and it was always, you will do well in your late A-levels and you will go to university. And I was in such a panic because I had no idea what I wanted my career to be. So I kind of just picked something at random to go and do at uni. And I think a lot of people are put into that position where they just feel that pressure to do that.
0: It actually makes me think you've just reminded me of... um... I wanted to do hairdressing because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for one of my options in like year, what was it, year 10 and 11. Um, and because I was in like some of the top sets for science, they basically told me like you have to do double science, like hairdressing's not for you. But I wanted to do something that was creative and dealing with people and that I could actually see a career in. And I didn't enjoy science and they were like, no, you're in the top set, you you don't get a choice, just obviously to make their overall um figures of people passing and getting good grades, yeah. yeah, and that really annoyed me.
1: <laughs> That's so true, and I wasn't allowed to do, I wanted to do art, theatre studies, and design technology, but I was told I wasn't allowed to do those for A-levels because it was three, two creative subjects, and I had to have something more serious in there, and I'm sure it is sometimes to make schools look better. On the flip side to Kirsty, I've always known I wanted a family, and generally thought it would have happened for me by now, but it hasn't, and I've really worked on being okay with that. But the times it's hardest not to start feeling that pressure is when the old comparison sneaks in and I let myself focus on my friends, or even people on the internet who are younger than me, having kids, buying houses, getting married, and it's so hard not to do that. But everyone has their own pace, and as much as I thought I'd be married, living in a house I own, with kids by my 30s, I've had so many other amazing experiences like my three trips to Asia, having the time for so many creative projects over the years, which I've loved, getting my wonderful dream dog. And I wouldn't give any of that up to be where I expected to be by this age.
0: Yes, as we've said before, comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so important to be grateful for where you are now. One of the best ways to break the cycle of being under more and more pressure is to step outside of what's next way of thinking and reflect on how far you've come and what you have already remember that tomorrow is never a guarantee a good way to do this is to practice that gratitude for how much you already have in your life check in with yourself each morning or evening and just think of three things that you are grateful for having or achieving
1: yeah definitely and i think it's also so key not to compare yourself i love that quote that you just said and particularly when it comes to social media, as it really is just a highlights reel, no one, or not people I'm following anyway, post videos of themselves and their husbands having a major row, or the diaper change that went horribly wrong and ended up all over the wall, or even the pressure of keeping enough money coming in to support that picture-perfect life they've built and share photos of. I've said this before, so I won't bang on about it, but it's such a quick way to make yourself feel like you're not achieving enough thin enough, or even living your life enough when you see people on exotic holidays or going to clubs every weekend. But as a side note, I do love the honesty we are now starting to see more of online. My favourite podcast, FKS Given, were talking about how they struggled to keep afloat last year, but if you just went by their social media accounts, you might only see the parties and the sponsors and think it's a very glamorous, easy life.
0: Yes that's what you don't see how much people might be having to work or earn enough for these supposed dream lives and the toll it could be taking on their health and well-being. Our society generally defines being successful in terms of financial and material success. But what if we shifted that focus onto being successful at health, to having peace of mind, or being successful in contributing something creative or positive to the world or the community that we live in?
1: Yes, I love that and I love shifting that focus to being good at taking care of yourself and your well-being. And you're right, I think there really aren't enough occupations based on making people's lives genuinely better or giving back to this world we get to live in.
0: There is a video on YouTube with clips from Joe Rogan and Gary Vee and they talk there about how so many people would be so much happier with a slightly smaller house, a slightly cheaper car or one less holiday a year if it meant that they could afford to do a job that may pay less, but that they enjoy and that they're actually passionate about. But we have been conditioned to always want more, to live to our means rather than under them. The more we buy, the more hours we have to work to support that life, and the more you feel the pressure to climb the career ladder. We live beyond our means by tying ourselves into golden handcuffs, mortgages, credit cards and car loans, rather than reaching a comfortable level of earnings and living a potentially happier lifestyle, which is possible even if you own less stuff. If you're in a career that you enjoy, then great. Dream big, buy the stuff, go on all the holidays. But if you constantly dread Mondays and spend 40 plus hours a week in something that drains you and leaves you feeling unfulfilled, maybe it's time to create a life that you don't need to take a vacation from. Ask yourself, what is more important to you? That new car? that extra spare bedroom in your house, or more time and energy to do the things that you love and spend time with the people that you care about.
1: Yes, as the great Dolly Parton said, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Kirsty did share that video with me on the golden handcuffs and it really is so powerful for watch. The concept is basically golden handcuffs being that you get, you surround yourself with these beautiful high quality things, hence the gold. But then you're handcuffed into a certain style of living to be able to keep affording that and you have to keep paying for it. And it's really interesting because i'm watching an interior design show on netflix at the moment which i love and they were saying in a survey they did 30 percent of people they asked said that they wanted to extend their houses which is so expensive and they'd have to save so hard for that and work so many extra hours for that and actually even the interior design show was saying they're probably fine with the space they have if they just learn to use it better but we're so conditioned to always think if i have that little bit more that little bit more room that little bit fancier flooring, then my life will be complete. And you never get to that point. Our entire life is so built up around consumerism and people's desires to want things have really been turned into this deep need. Especially now, it's always at our fingertips. Scrolling through ASOS, Amazon, Sheen, it's almost become a national evening or weekend pastime for many of us out there. I personally had a terrible online clothing shopping habit last year when I was feeling quite low about life, and it was during lockdown, so I was also just bored. But through therapy and reflection, I realised I was trying to fill a hole that no amount of clothes or things was going to fill. Online shopping habits can really quickly turn into addictions, and the trap is that like with most addictions, you're constantly chasing that first high, that amazing feeling from the first few purchases you have, you're excited and your life is that little bit better when the package comes through the door but then you feel the need to spend more or do it more frequently trying to chase that first feeling and it's never going to feel the same it's not going to feel as fulfilling treating yourself as good you are worth it but if you find you keep getting this overwhelming need to add something to that amazon basket or just get one more dress or one more pair of shoes and then you're done maybe ask yourself if that's what you really want and what you need to bring you joy or if you are just bored or feeling the need for something else like more fulfillment in your career or your relationship.
0: Yep I remember last year when you were going through your little Sheehan addiction and I've got another lovely friend called Shannon who also really loves Sheehan and at (laughs) the time I remember joking that I needed to set up SA for (laughs) you both.
1: Sheehan anonymous Anonymous.
0: (laughs) but I think you're doing better these days. (laughs) But 100%, everything is so easily accessible these days, and it makes it so much harder to have moderation and balance in our lives. But that instant gratification we get from online shopping and other habits that aren't so healthy isn't a substitute for long-term or sustaining joy and fulfilment. Trust me, I've tried it in a few different ways. As have I. (laughs) But there
1: will be times in our lives where pressure build-up is sadly likely to be unavoidable. And I think many of us do need a degree of pressure to achieve things, timely, and to the best of our ability. But even with knowing small-scale what your priorities are can really help here. I have a very busy job with lots of things progressing all at the same time. So what really helps me to deal with that pressure build-up is to take 10 minutes at the start of each day to pull out the most key priorities for that day, my top three what really has to get done. You can try to do this for a week by week or even month by month process. If you're struggling, depending on your role and occupation, you might even have a manager you can speak to to find out what they see as your priorities. Having lots of little tasks and projects can actually be just as overwhelming as the big life pressures. So sometimes you need an external perspective to help decide what to focus on first, maybe even like a life coach.
0: Yeah I completely agree and as we mentioned in or as I mentioned in our last episode about goal setting um, I have got a career coach now who really helps me to focus on one thing at a time and not try and take on too many things to the point where nothing ends up getting done These days I single task rather than attempting to multitask Last year I wanted to move into my own place, go travelling again but also start my own business I then realised this wouldn't leave me much time for simply being. So I had to prioritise and decide to focus on Holistic Kirstie first, which means living at home with my mum for a little while longer, so that I can be financially in a position to give more time and energy to this. And saving for my own place will mean not going away on holiday for a while. I had to slow down and work out which was the thing that would bring the most joy and value to my life at that time. And realise it doesn't mean that I won't get to do the other things, but it's just too much to try and do (laughs) everything. Avoiding burnout. So sometimes it
1: is impossible to avoid these pressured situations, but it is important to have practices in place for dealing with the pressure and to also stop it for going on for too long. Well, that's when you start to enter the realms of burnout. Mental Health UK define burnout as a state of physical and emotional exhaustion. It can occur when you experience long-term stress in your job, or when you have worked in a physical or emotionally draining role for a long time. They say common signs of burnout are feeling tired or drained most of the time, feeling helpless, trapped, and or defeated, feeling detached or alone in the world, having a cynical or negative outlook, experiencing self-doubt, procrastinating and taking longer to get things done or feeling overwhelmed. I went through two big patches of burnout last year and in both instances I'd say I actually felt all of the above. I've also clearly tied both cases back to putting too much pressure on myself in too many different areas of my life, too much pressure to do well in my career, too much pressure to make the relationship fit in with what I felt it should be Too much pressure to be living the life I felt I should be living.
0: Yeah, when I was working uh, nine to five and waitressing at a pub, I really got burnt out. Especially as I was not well suited to working in the fast-paced, multitasking environment of a busy restaurant anyway. And four months of working, some days 12-hour shifts, and my healthy, nutritious, home-cooked meals being replaced by a coffee in between going from the office to the restaurant, led to me feeling burnt out, anxious and overwhelmed a lot of those things that you mentioned on that list so last night i actually had a dream um about a tortoise and then i also saw it on my social media i can't remember what the post was about but as soon as i woke up there was a tortoise and i take this to be a reminder to slow down remember that sometimes slow and steady wins the race sometimes it's better to cross the line slightly later than burn out and give up before you even reach it i love that (laughs) Nowadays, during my working day, I try to get up every 50 minutes, even if it's just for a few minutes, to look away from screens and move about, like a mini reset. It's so much easier to focus once I come back to my desk after doing this. I used to be in the habit of having one non-phone or screen day a week, usually on a Saturday, but I've not done this for a long time, and it's definitely something I want to get back into. That's probably because I'm always messaging <laughs> at weekends, asking questions about just being episodes. So <laughs> that's the thing. At least it's the time screen time I spend is on creative things or projects or something that's actually kind of going to benefit us, like in the long term. Um, I do try and be try to be more mindful about the screen time that I have now and about what I watch and listen to. I don't watch the news anymore because how it often takes facts and portrays them in a negative light promoting fear and separation. It seems to put a lot of emphasis on worry and speculating on what could go wrong, even though it might never happen. There's an alternative news source website that I would recommend called Collective Evolution. They're on social media too and focus on consciousness and the deep meaning behind current events. Also, if you're following any social media pages whose posts prompt a negative reaction or comparison from you, unfollow them now and replace them with uplifting pages that post things that make you smile. Russell Howe's Good News YouTube channel is also a great and funny take on the headlines. I also subscribe for Happiful magazine and they're on social media too.
1: And you get this nice little email in your inbox and it's all about good things that have happened with well-being tips. So I'd really recommend maybe replacing some of what you consume with that sort of thing. And as Kirsty said, there's nothing like going through your social media follows and just having a really good detox of anything that isn't making you feel like your authentic self, happy with who you are and loving life. Not picking up my phone and having a scroll as soon as I wake up is a constant battle for me. But I know I do feel more alert and focused on the days where I don't, rather than being bogged down in bigger world issues. Escapism is the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. And while it can be harmful when it becomes too consuming or an unbreakable habit, in small doses it can be a great way of disconnecting from the pressures of day-to-day life for a bit. It gives our minds a chance to relax and recharge. Reading a fiction book is one of the best ways I've found for escaping my own to-do list for a while, but there's also writing, playing board games, chatting with friends or listening to a podcast. We often talk about avoiding screen time, but there's also a place for that, like getting into a really good movie or a tv show or having a gaming session to take your mind off the world outside but it's being deliberate about that and choosing what you consume. Turning your phone off is a really good way to avoid that constant life demands from pressing down on us for a bit. And it is everything in moderation and finding what works for you.
0: As well as being aware of what you're feeding your mind, taking time to nourish yourself and value the food that you are putting into your body can also help. If you eat on the go all the time or when you're rushed, you're more likely to experience digestive issues and less likely to absorb all the nutrients from the food. I also like to take a minute to give gratitude for the food I'm about to eat. So I'll say something along the lines of, thank you for the food on my plate, please allow it to heal and energise every set in my body. As we mentioned in our last episode, I believe that everything and everyone has an energetic imprint, and as we know, energy is transferable. So eating a meal in a very busy restaurant that has been cooked by a very stressed out chef It's not the type of energy that I want to be taking on if I can help it. Yeah, that's definitely not going to help with you feeling under pressure,
1: being in any kind of stressful environment in itself anyway. There's also a thing called decision burnout, which I found out about quite recently. We only have so many decisions we can make in a day before it starts to really drain our energy. With my generalised anxiety disorder and need to overachieve, I'm really prone to burnout. Something that helps me is taking some of the decisions out of the day to day. So on a Sunday, when I will be feeling more calm and more relaxed, I plan out my meals for the week. And as I mentioned, I start each day listing key priorities for work and for home. I lay out my outfits the night before. It might seem a bit like overkill, but for me anyway, it's made a big difference on not getting so burnt out by the end of a day.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate to this and I think they are really helpful tips, especially deciding on that meal or outfit ahead of time. It's a way of being kind to future you. You might be tired after a long day at work and I don't do it every week, but sometimes I love to cook a big batch of food, so like lentil bolognese or soup and then freeze the extra portions. It's so nice on those busy or lazy days to have nutritious meals stocked up in the freezer, ready to go and it also saves me money on takeaways.
1: Yeah, that's a really good tip. Me and my partner are really into finding life ha- hacks to try and keep life just that little bit simpler so we can focus our energy on other things. We keep the house pretty tidy and put stuff away when we're done with it so it's easy to find next time. I've split a lot of things up into different shoe boxes to make it easier to find, and everything has its set home and proper place. I often joke that my partner's catchphrase is, <laughs> I can feed 3D print you something for that as he has a 3D printer in our garage. He's printed off hooks to keep our keys organized and he's 3D printed himself a quick self-lacing shoe clip for his walking boots now we live in the country as he felt that was eating into his relaxation time when we were taking the dog out for a walk and anything that might help from adding another thing to the list of stresses we can face as we all rush around each day. We've also started buying a lot more of things like chopped frozen vegetables. Now, for the first time in my life, I have the freezer space. And I always assumed it would be much more expensive. But actually, because of the, the quality of the vegetables when it's been frozen straight away, and the ability to bolt by it, it doesn't work out as that much pricier. And it means when you're feeling tired or a bit knackered, like Kirsty said, as an alternative to having stuff pre-cooked ready to go, You can just grab handfuls out of the different chopped veg ready to go and make a stir fry in 5-10 minutes. And that's revolutionised cooking for me as I was very prone to grabbing takeaway if I was starting to feel burnout after a day.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love a good life hack, especially as I'm not the most organised of people. I used to be kind of proud of the um, what I called organised mess that I lived in Um, and looking back now it was so chaotic and not good for my mental health to live in that space. But in recent years I found the value in trying to be more tidy. I also borrowed a book of Nikki recently uh, which is Stacey Solomon's Tap to Tidy. It was full of useful little hints to make things a bit more tidy and organised around the home. Minimalism is something I'm leaning more into these days. And after living out of a backpack for eight months, you realise how little you actually need. And I find that having less clothes, accessories and stuff in general reduces decision-overwhelm, as you mentioned earlier. I find it freeing having less stuff around the house. It feels like the energy flows better and it makes it easier to keep the space tidy.
1: There's also using those boundaries, which we talked about in our last episode, and making sure you actually stick to them. That can really help with burnout and pressure which is something I'm personally working on every day. Turning off your laptop at a certain time or muting your work phone if you have one. Prioritise rest as much as work and play and tell those around you when you need time and space for rest. I think my last tip here, but an important one, would be not to focus on too many different things at the same time. This builds on what we were saying before about knowing your priorities. But even if you have three key priorities for that day, say, try to tackle them one at a time. I will hold my hands up and say I am terrible at this. Kirsty has very gently told me off many times in the past for things like having two different laptops open with different projects going on at the same time as I wanted to be efficient around loading times and saving times. And why that might mean I get through more of my to-do list. Without fail, if I do this too often, I crash. And if I've already been battling burnout, that can be enough to push it over the edge, and can mean either my mind or my body will be out of
0: action for a week or even longer. Yes, single tasking is definitely the way forward. I feel that if we put all our energy and focus into one task of priority at a time, you will do that thing much better than if you're trying to multitask, be it washing the dishes or building a new career path for yourself. So you're going to achieve that key priority to a better standard, and also take care of yourself in the process.
1: Recovery time. Sadly, many of us will get times in our lives where we do hit that dreaded burnout. Be it after a big project at work, you've got a new child, you're going through a big change in your life, or life in general is just really unavoidably full-on. It happens. If you do realise you are deep in feelings of burnout, It might be the case that self-care practices, while still beneficial, won't resolve the issue and you may need to consider bigger fixes, primarily finding a way to take some time out and really rest. I know this isn't always possible but the best way to reset once you get to that level of physical and emotional exhaustion really is to try and get away from the causes of that pressure, at least for a little bit. A holiday is the obvious ideal one for this, be it time abroad or a week camping, to get that grounding back in nature. But if this isn't possible, a long weekend that's just dedicated to some serious self-care, sleep and rest is a good start. The point is, once you get to this level of exhaustion, an evening bubble bath, or half an hour to read a book,
0: isn't going to fix it. And if you haven't already, this is also a great time where it is vital to set and communicate your boundaries. If you feel you can, I'd really suggest letting your family, friends and colleagues know. Since we've both started doing this, it's made a huge difference for us, in part because they are aware and can be mindful of what you need, but also because the pressure of having to pretend everything is okay is suddenly removed. We don't have to always be at the top of our game and beautiful beings, you are precious. Take care of yourselves when your mind and body is telling you it needs you to.
1: Also, you might not get to the burnout stage, but still need recovery time if you experience things like panic attacks, which can be really bought on by being under too much pressure or continuous pressure. I think I've always had panic attacks, but only recognised them as such in the last few years, as previously, often when you see a depiction of panic attacks, it's usually someone gasping for breath or looks quite dramatic. This can be a panic attack, but there are so many other forms, like a racing heart, copious sweating even though you're not moving, an intense pressure or weight on the chest, a difficulty focusing on the sights and sounds around you, a feeling of almost being underwater. If you're not sure what you're experiencing is a panic attack, I'd really suggest speaking to your GP or reaching out to someone like Mind Charity. But if panic attacks are something that are only too familiar for you, here are a few tips that have helped me once I'm deep in them. Focusing on the present and what you can control in that moment is one of the best ways to deal with anxiety or panic. I know I've shared it before, but one of the mental health learnings that stuck with me the most is that anxiety comes from focusing on the future, depression comes from the past, and good mental health is to be found by being in the present. So to get yourself back into the present moment, a good exercise for this is the five, four, three, two, one one technique. So sit there and list out 5 things you can see in the moment, 4 things you can feel, 3 things you can hear, 2 things you can smell, and 1 thing that you can taste. Which is often just the inside of your mouth, I'm going to be honest. But it gives your brain something else to focus on and brings you back to that here and now moment and what is in your sphere of control. If you're in a position where you can do so, I've also found going somewhere private can help, so you don't get that added fear of feeling you might be judged. Turning up a positive playlist you like loudly, and sticking in some headphones and going for a quick pace around the park can help calm down and block out some of those racing thoughts. If you're in a position where you don't feel like you can just leave, I also came across an exercise where you press your thumb into each fingertip firmly, one at a time inhaling as you work through the fingers in one direction and then exhaling as you go back the other way. This isn't as effective as the other tips I've tried but it's something you can do after your desk or on your lap if you're having a milder anxiety or panic attack that you feel you can try and work through. To note, I'm not a therapist or a GP. These are just things that I've picked up along my own mental health journey and experience with panic attacks. So please, please do speak to a professional if you're going through this and haven't done so already. Depending on where you're listening to this episode from, please do subscribe, leave us a review or like. And if you do feel anyone would find this episode helpful, we'd love you to share it with them. We do now have a Buy Us A Coffee link on our social channels. So if you have enjoyed our content or would like to show us a little support, it would honestly mean so much.
0: And if you want to ask us about anything we've discussed today, or if you have any questions in general or suggestions of topics that you would like us to cover, then do reach out to us on social media at Colour Me Happy with two E's in me and Holistic Kirsty, one word with no c or on our show Instagram, just being underscore podcast. Or you can email us at just being underscore podcast at hotmail dot com. Goodbye, lovely listeners.
1: And until next time, remember to just try and say no to some of
0: society's pressures. Join us next week when we'll be talking about how to build a morning routine that sets your well-being up for the rest of the day.
1: Also, those of you lovely listeners who join us for next week will be privy to a really exciting discount code from one of my all-time favourite brands, Ratchet Clothing Company, for the release of their new range, The Damaged Collective, which is all about reclaiming that word damaged and accepting who we are, mental health and all, with gentle reminders around self-care and anxiety-soothing tips. I'm really excited about this.